It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Hello and welcome to the Ball Talk Podcast. It's currently 2 p.m. 201 actually. 201 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, August 21st, 2021. Sorry for the late episode, everybody. I'm your host, John Sock, and as always, I'm joined by my main man, Chaz Jurgens. Chaz, how are you doing today? You know who it is, man. I'm, I'm doing well. Enjoying a little... I know it's been a little delay for this week for the ball talk, but, you know, we just got to get used to our, our football schedule that's going to be coming back soon. Maybe, maybe we'll get some Saturday football episodes for Sunday mornings, you know. You're, you're going to get me... You're, you're getting me too excited. I'm going to have too much work. I'm going to be like, yeah, 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 let's do this, let's do that, let's do this, let's do that, and I'm going to forget I have school. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean... School can always take a back burner. You always, always podcast number one. Hey, that's why I'm taking a journalism internship class. I said podcast is my internship because I didn't get hired anywhere. Uh, unless Rashad pulls, unless uh, Rashad pulls up with a sports two twenty three nineteen offer in the last in the in the waning moments of the uh, of the mm-hmm. clock as the clock winds down to zero. <laughs> Buzzer beater, please, Rashad. I would really appreciate. Please, Rashad, get back to me. <laughs> um. But no, but no, no, I'm a sh- uh, it, it's all good. No matter what, I, I got work. I got work lined up. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, I got plenty of work with my school. I'm gonna be fine. And where you go to school, John? You're going out east, huh? I'm I'm going out east. We're actually gonna. That's a great way to transition because my school's out there, right outside Boston. Your boy got an apartment right up in Watertown. Gonna be getting mm-hmm. my Boston accent in. Tom Brady, <laughs> Mac Wildig, <laughs> Mar. We're out here. Uh, mm-hmm. I cannot do the Boston accent at all. Uh, which is a very. I was listening to a film, a film discussion about that. How no one, no one in in television can do a Boston accent except people from Boston. I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Leonardo DiCaprio, who is not from Boston. <laughs> the padded, the goat. Uh, today's episode, we're going to the East. I've started my tier list for teams. We're going to have three teams that all hit the tiers of they should make the playoffs, barring something weird. Mm. They have one team in that. There's one team that we're gonna hit that should be in the conference finals, honestly, or a title run if something goes right for them. We're gonna be doing the Boston Celtics, the Toronto Raptors, and the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. Dude, I got started mm-hmm. on this Boston accent, and uh, it's gonna portrait through the entire episode. <laughs> I, you ex- you have cursed this episode to sound funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. Either way, it's. Three good Eastern Conference teams, and as long as we get a little John Boston character along with it, it'll be even better. It's Boston John out here, Red Sox, <laughs> Khakis. Oh, what else do I got? What else do I got? What else do I got? In, uh, what's, what else is a good Boston one? I got, I got no more good Boston in me. I'm, I'm too focused. I'm too focused on the Boston Celtics off season. Mm-hmm. I'm too focused on the Boston Celtics off season. Um, the Boston Celtics traded Kemba Walker in the number 16 pick for Al Horford right before the draft. Mm-hmm. They then brought in Josh Richardson, Chris Dunn, and Bruno Fernando in exchange for Tristan Thompson. They also somehow got a second-round pick in that deal. Uh, they did that deal to because they expected to lose Evan Fournier, which they did. Mm-hmm. They drafted uh, Johan Beggerin. Yeah. Uh, it seems like he's going to be stashed. They also got Dennis Schroeder for the taxpayer MLE and extended Marcus Smart for four years at $77 million. Uh, also, in a late addition to the party, happened yesterday morning. I had to write about it as it was getting broke. I was literally, dude, I literally <laughs> almost missed it. I was writing this episode. I was checking the contracts. I was adding a little more to the uh, midseason, mid-free agency thing. I wanted to add cap holds for qualifying offers and qualifying offers for every deal, mm. every rookie deal. And I get yeah. to uh, Robert Williams, and I see extension. <laughs> and I check the news, and it had been broken about 30 minutes before that Robert Williams got extended for four years at 54 million dollars. Mm. You gotta it's start not... tweet. You gotta start tweeting about the new extensions, just like the trades. Ugh, I don't need to tweet <laughs> about extensions. I, I, I do. I look like Bobby Marks or, or Adrian Wojnarowski or Sham Sharania? Nah. I mean, I still got a funny last name like Woj. <laughs> so, uh. Maybe there I should. Go. Maybe maybe that's my next. Maybe that's my true calling. Two three years away, you know. Check out the Jay Z sock Twitter. Nobody knows how to bro, spell Wojnarowski. I'm, I'm Bruno Caboclo, bro. Two years away from being two years away from being Adrian Wojnarowski. <laughs> there it is. The Celtics have 16 players under contract. 15 are on guaranteed deals. The only non-guaranteed is Jabari Parker. His deal is actually above the minimum at uh, a little under 2.3 million. 
Mm-hmm. It guarantees for $100,000 on the 24th. So probably like two days from now, three days from now, depending yeah. on when we release this episode. Uh, we're going to release this episode on Saturday. So yeah, three <laughs> days from now. Uh, and it guarantees for half value on opening night. That's still below the minimum. So there's a chance that he might get waived after opening night. There's a chance that he gets waived before opening night. Mm-hmm. There's options. There's options. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about the options. And I mean, to, to kick off their offseason, they brought in a new head coach, and Imei Odoka as well. And Brad oh, Stevens going that. up to the, the president and the head of the Boston organization, making a lot of moves. And I mean, Moses Brown was somewhere involved in that Josh Richardson deal because I think they had him for a split second, and now he's in Dallas. But <laughs> yeah, yeah but... how did he get there? What was the he came? <laughs> yeah, he came with Al Horford. Yeah. And then he went to Dallas for Richardson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's second. how it went. Oh my yeah. god, crazy trade. Weird. Lots, lots, and lots of moves from Brad Stevens. I, I wonder how many of these he's been thinking about for like the past year, past couple years, just sitting there coaching, looking at Danny Ainge, like, "Wow, you're not doing anything for me." Like, this is what I would do, and this and this. Finally, got the reins, and he's making things happen in Beantown. That's for sure. I mean, I'm gonna say it. None of these are big enough that I don't think Danny Ainge would have done them. You know, it's not like it's not like he traded for a superstar. That would be very not Danny Ainge them ho. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kidding, uh, kidding. <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel like you know, I feel like they made a lot of good mid mid sized moves. I was originally mm-hmm. very low on this offseason because of the loss of Fournier, and everyone knows that I'm super anti trade exception, super pro keeping an asset. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost number sixteen pick and a salary dump, and I hate losing first round picks for for useless stuff like that. But then I kind of looked harder, and I actually liked this offseason for the Celtics. Mm. This roster doesn't have space for another rookie. Unless you're asking Garuba to be stashed, there was no one who was going to be available at 16, or who they knew would be available at 16, that could be stashed. Mm-hmm. Like, um, not Roka's Jukobite, it's the other one. Roka Prakachin pulled out of the draft. Yeah. He would have been a prime candidate for a 16 in stash. Mm-hmm. Garuba didn't want to be stashed. Sengun, I don't think I don't think Sengun could have been stashed at all. Yeah, I think he could have, but he did not want to be. He wanted to play. He mm-hmm. timed his deal up to there was no buyout. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was no one to be, no one that could have really been stashed. They don't have room for another rookie. Kemba was really not working with this roster. They brought back Al Horford, who's going to be good for the team's depth at the five. It was the weakest position for them. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That's a better fit than Kemba. It's kind of an upgrade for them. He'll be able to... Horford will be able to help out with Robert Williams' development, defensive positioning and stuff like that. It's a much better fit for the roster. I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Yeah, I mean, myself as a, a huge Kemba Walker fan, I'm excited to see what he does in New York. But for the Boston side of things, I guess they felt they needed to, to move on from him and get him somewhere else. They bring back a guy in Al Horford who you mentioned. I, I love what he does for their fit at the five. Brings a little more sp- spreading to their five position because they don't really have a big who can space the floor at all right now. And to have someone in Al Horford who can at least hit an outside shot, you would hope a little bit consistently. Then he could be someone that can give them a lot of versatile minutes. And bringing in Dennis Schroeder on that that one year, not even $6 million deal, could end up being a, a very influential piece to a run for this team. Yeah. Wait, did I did I say that? Did I say that deal? I don't know. I don't know if you mentioned the Dennis one at the top. Hold up, they drafted Johan Bargren. They also got Dennis Schroeder for the taxpayer Emily. Extended Marcus Smart for four years, seventy-seven million. Mm-hmm. We got lost in there somewhere. That's on me. They got uh, Marcus Smart for four years, seventy-seven. They got Robert Williams four year, fifty-four. Yeah. All right, yeah, that's everything. That's everything. Now I said everything. <laughs> um, my bad. Uh, you want to talk about Fournier next or Schroeder next? Uh, I mean, let's let's talk Evan Fournier. He got a big deal this offseason. Evan Fournier got paid, and we were talking about it right before the jump. I mean, everyone knows I hate I, I hate trade exceptions. Like, I hate it. I just think that because like, you can't aggregate a trade exception. You can't combine it with a deal. You can't. It's not a 1.25 times value of the trade exception. It's the trade exception plus or minus 100,000. Mm-hmm. So losing Fournier for no nothing really sucks. Doing up two seconds... First to yeah. get him, and then another two to get the exception. Not very good, in my opinion. We basically spent four second-round picks mm. after you already spent, was it one second-round pick or two second-round picks to get the Gordon Hayward trade exception? I think it was one for the Gordon Hayward. So that's a lot of uh, second-round picks going around for the extension. 
mm-hmm. isn't great in my opinion, but second rounders are still second rounders. You know, it's yeah, you're playing with house money. Mm-hmm. But, but I, think I think they recovered really well. They added Richardson to finish off the Gordon Hayward uh, trade exception. Mm-hmm. They got Dunn. Chris Dunn is a complimentary defensive piece. Yeah. Though those two guys' defense will be really good for this roster, much more than Evan Fournier's scoring, because the Celtics should have most of their scoring handled by Jason and Jalen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when the deal happened, it also left room for Romeo Langford to be given a final shot as the bench scorer on this team. Like, uh, his deal is up in two years, and I have no idea about him as a player. Yeah. I feel like I've watched him shoot the ball like eight times, not literally, <laughs> but he doesn't get mm-hmm. shots. He doesn't. He doesn't play. He doesn't get shots, and uh, getting him a chance to play is probably a good idea before he hits restricted free agency. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine that was the plan. But then Dennis Schroeder kind of fell into their lap, and Langford is probably not going to get that same opportunity. But hey, getting Schroeder in was huge. So I really think they've just recovered just as well from the Fournier trade as as you could have. Like they went around, they got new pieces that fit. Honestly, in my opinion, a little better. Yeah, no, I think one of the things that you mentioned right there with, the, with Evan Fournier and recovering not to get another facilitator or score who they hoped Evan Fournier would be for them, but to really turn their heads to more of a defensive route and go get a guy like Josh Richardson, who's more of a 3 and D and is going to be a long guy on the wings alongside Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And then you think about you can have a five of Smart and Richardson out there with Jalen and Jason. And then whoever you want at the five, pretty much, gives them a lot more defensive look than what they had before. And there's no one in Boston that anyone watching the Celtics should ever want to shoot more shots than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Like as much as Evan Fournier can bring value as a scorer, off the bench scorer, when the, one of those two guys isn't on or isn't having a great game, I think at this point in their careers, Boston and the Celtics are hoping for we're just not going to have a night where what both of these guys are not having a good game. Like they're getting to the point where they both want to be considered perennial all-stars 82 out of 82. If they are playing, one of them should be averaging at least 20 plus on the night. And then Dennis Schroeder for 5.9 million brings them that added scoring and facilitating that Evan Fournier was really going to provide. And him and Peyton Pritchard is already going to be an exciting matchup of just like, I think Dennis Schroeder comes off the bench way better for them, but Peyton Pritchard, is he necessarily your starting guard next to Marcus smart right away? Or does a guy like Chris Dunn, who shows great defensive ability, you just throw him in there right off the bat to make teams just get frustrated against starting guards? I don't want to pivot out of Evan Fournier quite yet. I just wanted to stay a little more on the Evan Fournier deal, and then I'm gonna then we could talk about the starting lineup stuff because mm-hmm. uh, I think it plays well with talking about Dennis Schroeder. So, or is it Schroeder? Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Um, I don't care. He sucks. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, still a salty Lakers fan, no matter how, no matter what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about how good the Celtics did this offseason kills me inside. <laughs> no, 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 I'm playing. Uh, but I never really understood the Fournier deal. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. From the start of it, I didn't like the idea of adding another scorer, especially someone like Fournier, who's typically a starter. He started 10 of the 16 games he played for the Celtics. He wasn't vaccinated, so he got COVID twice, or he got mm-hmm. like a full quarantine twice or something like that. Never good. I never, I just didn't understand why they didn't go after Terrence Ross. <laughs> like, like, I don't yeah. get it. And now looking at the fact that they lost Fournier, instead of keeping Terrence Ross, who's a bigger body, defends better than Fournier does, better mm-hmm. coming off the bench and playing in a more limited role, versus Fournier, who's basically like kind of been, not the man, but he's been kind of the man, like the secondary man in Orlando. Yeah. It was a weird trade from the get go for me. Mm-hmm. But hey, they no, pivoted I- well. Brad Stevens came in and cleaned it up. And honestly, he's been doing a great job as a GM. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm going to give him his... A lot of people were saying... Was it Stephen A said some ridiculous, ridiculousness about Brad Stevens? I, will, I won't forget it. I, I won't mm-hmm. forget it. Look, I'm all for... I am all for empower... You know, I'm all for, like... I'm mm-hmm. all for giving people of color a chance. But, like, Brad Stevens is one of the smartest people on the planet. Like, yeah. this isn't like some idiot got hired and you're like, why didn't you even give a black person a chance? It's like, it's Brad, it's Brad F and Stevens. Like, yeah, he just, he was the coach for five years and was like, I'm going to leave your organization if you don't promote me to the being like, he got a $10 million a year offer to coach at Indiana. He got a seven year, $70 million coach in Indiana. Mm-hmm. If you want to keep him, you just give him whatever he wants at that point. If he says, I want to go run the front office. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You don't run interviews. You just hire him. Like yeah. you don't. You don't even really need to edit the contract. You just scratch off coach and you write in general manager. You don't even edit the contract. Maybe you put like a bonus in there. Like 
it it doesn't change you don't do like mm -hmm. whatever brad stevens has shown again why he was incredibly qualified for the position and why he's doing such a great job mm -hmm. um yeah and then he hired Ime Udoka, who I'm excited to see as a, as a coach, on top of yeah. these great offseason moves. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about getting Dennis Schroeder for the taxpayer MLE, because that was such a steal. Look, I've been dumping on Dennis Schroeder for Schroeder, Schroeder. Sh I've been dumping on Dennis the Menace all offseason. Mm -hmm. All offseason. I, I have been I have been sparing no, no holds barred. I have been going off. I am not taking any, I have not given Dennis any credit. He is at least a 10 to $15 million player. No matter what, no matter what I say, that man is worth ten to fifteen million dollars a year. Mm. I, I I don't like I don't care how bad he was in 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 that one game for the Lakers or all those playoff games for the Lakers. I don't care. Ten to fifteen million dollars for Schroeder is perfectly good value. Mm -hmm. Like you can like he he is worth just a little bit less than Lonzo Ball in my opinion. Yeah, if Lonzo Ball didn't have like the potential factor, like in terms of next season. If you were paying for one season of production, I'm putting mm -hmm. paying Schroeder more than Caruso. I'm paying Schroeder more than what's another guard that got paid? Devontae Graham. I'm paying him more yeah. than Devontae Graham. I'm probably paying him a little less than Lonzo. Mm -hmm. That's right where the, where he is for me. Yeah. Probably 10, 15, maybe, maybe 17 is where I'd start being like, that's a little pricey. Mm-hmm. He might very well be the starter for this squad if Yudoka decides to go for a smaller lineup. Mm -hmm. Like, say he decides to run like Dennis Smith, Dennis Smart, Brown, Tatum, Horford. Decides to go for a little small lineup like that. Mm -hmm. I could totally see that start, starting. But mm -hmm. the Celtics have said they're going to start smart at the point guard. Maybe they say that Dennis is the shooting guard then. But yeah. I, maybe they'll do something. And Dennis also came out and said he'd be okay coming off the bench. So maybe they'll run a lineup like like Smart, Brown, Neesmith, Tatum, Horford, or Williams. Mm -hmm. And then Dennis coming off the bench is like the menace off the bench. Like I, 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 uh, all in all, just a great signing in my opinion and a way better bench score fit than Evan Fournier because he plays a position that your two superstars don't. Yeah. Brown and Tatum are not ones. You're mm. going to be having Schroeder in theory. You could have all your scorers on at the same time. When you had Evan Fournier, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on, it's like, it's a lot of just like wings. Like mm -hmm. Tatum is like kind of like a three, four, but like more of a three, He's much more of a small forward who plays the four. Than yeah. he is a you know like a like a mm -hmm. like a four, he's kind of a power wing is the term I like to use, and then like both Fournier and Tatum, um, Fournier and Brown are both like two threes, yeah, like smaller wings but still like strong smaller wings. Neither of them are super athletes at that position. Well, Brown's a super athlete, but yeah, he's not playing like the super athlete. He's not Derek Jones Jr. in here jumping <laughs> over people and all that. He's uh -huh. there playing a finesse game. Evan Fournier's there playing a finesse game. Tatum's there playing a finesse game. You add Schroeder, he's going to be there. He's going to bring a lot of athleticism to that point guard position, driving to the net, getting mm -hmm. by his getting by his defender, making good reads as the one moving the ball, playing really aggressive and fast, which yeah. is different than what the other guys are doing. Mm -hmm. That's a much better fit for me. You don't, I don't like it when you lap the same skills over and over again, mm -hmm. because it's easier to defend. Yeah. Bringing in Schroeder gives them a sense of chaos that they can just unleash from off the bench, just being like, all right, guess what? Schroeder just run by everybody. Mm -hmm. And he very well could, and he very well could put up 20 plus on multiple, like 20 plus in certain nights when he's feeling it. He's not going to average 20 a game. Maybe he will, but he probably won't be averaging 20 a game. But like, he has the tools to go off for over 20 anytime that, like, anytime that the defense is more clued in on, uh, on size, he could go blow by people, get right to the rim. Absolutely. Go create 20-plus points of offense by himself. Create 20-plus mm -hmm. points of offense by himself. Easily. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I've noticed from Brad Stevens, what he did the best this offseason to me was just kind of retooling the roster to give them great depth at every level of the floor, but also giving them depth that does different things. You know, like you have a guard in Marcus Smart who's going to be your lead guard who can do everything you wanted to do but is a primary defender. And then Dennis Schroeder with that agile quickness off the bench, more of a score. Peyton Pritchard, a more of a spaced out traditional point guard shooter. Chris Dunn, who's just a big body guard who could play the one through the three defensively. And then on the wings, you bring in a guy like Josh Richardson who could accompany Jalen Brown and play more defensively, hit a shot. Aaron Neesmith and Romeo Langford as two young guys still off the bench with plenty of time and playing time to go. And then at the center position, you got Al Horford who could space the floor, move around a little. You got the Time Lord who's a big body blocker who can go get you a lot of rebounds. 
And then they brought in Ennis Cantor, who's going to be terrorizing the offensive glass. Like mm. there's, what this does for the Celtics, it just gives them so many more options outside of just Jalen, Jason, Fournier, isolation, get a bucket. They look like an actual complete basketball team right now that can really run different sets and different looks and beat you in a plethora of different ways. Like they really are like, like I, I did my tier list. It's not complete, so I'm not like I mean it is complete, but I need to look at it a little more before I release it. <laughs> I have the Celtics in the fourth tier right now, where it's like they should make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but they could not. But the more I look at this team, I'm really like they should maybe be in that third tier of they're gonna make the playoffs. They should go. They should be able to go on a run if they get like the right matchups or like the right dominoes fall for them. Mm-hmm. They just have so many different ways to go get a bucket. And mm-hmm. lots of good defenders. Lots. lots. I'm going to be interested to see how Dennis Schroeder works as a defender because one thing that I thought was, one thing that I thought was really good was the way that he was able to defend with Anthony Davis backing him up. I'm wondering if Time Lord will still give him that kind of confidence, and I'm wondering if he'll be playing a lot of minutes with Time Lord or if he'll be seeing more with Ennis Cantor or more with Al mm-hmm. Horford. I'm going to be interested to to see how Udoka runs the runs the the rotation. That's going to be something that's really interesting to me because. There's just so many guys on this roster. Yeah, even Grant Williams, like, like Grant Williams doesn't have a spot big. right now. Grant Williams does not have a spot right now. I'm looking at this team. You've got Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder. I don't know that Chris Dunn will play. <laughs> Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard. I don't know that Carson Edwards will play. I don't know that Bruno Fernando will play. Ennis Cantor. That's 12 of their 15 guys that should be playing every single night. Mm-hmm. If Chris Dunn is healthy, I think he should also be getting minutes on this team. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA. I think Chris Dunn's going to get traded. Um, Yeah. We're going to get to that a little later. (laughs) We're going to get to that a little later. But I think Chris Dunn is not staying on this team. Mm -hmm. All of this, I'm looking around. I'm like, there is no, like, like, what is this? Like, this is, like, I don't don't know how. I'm going to be interested to see how Yudoka is able to run a, a rotation here. Because there's just so many options. Like, if they do keep Chris Dunn, I think you're going to have to play him. Yeah. Like, I, I really feel bad for Fernando and Edwards. They're probably not going to play. I, I don't know that. I mean, they signed Jabari Parker last year, and he got minutes right away. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. You know, maybe maybe he gets to, to keep playing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned at the top he's the only non-guaranteed one, and I think they have one extra roster spot right now. So They, they do, it's... but they also, like, it's also totally possible that they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we're just going to uh... – it's really possible that they're just like, oh, we're gonna um, what do you call it? They could cut Carson Edwards. They could, they could make cut Carson trade. Edwards. They could trade somebody. There's there's tons of options for what they could do that mm-hmm. isn't just oh, and we're gonna you know take we're gonna they they we- could dump somebody basically is what I'm trying to say with uh, all the wrong words. Mm-hmm. It's pos- like they've got tons of contracts that could easily be moved. I, I don't think Fernando has zero value. I know he doesn't have very high value. And, I, you know, I love him for being an IMG alum, but I'm I'm, I'm also realistic in mm-hmm. saying he's had a not super great time with the Atlanta Hawks, but he yeah. was great at Maryland. He was great in high school. Entirely mm-hmm. um, possible that someone's cool taking a risk on his minimum. Carson Edwards, another guy that just balled out, balled out in college, mm-hmm. hasn't really been able to find a spot in the NBA. He's on a one-year deal. Next year is a team option. Someone might take that. Yeah. If you look around, like like anyone that has like a minimum trade exception would probably like be cool mm-hmm. absorbing him just to try him out, and then if they don't like him, they'd cut him. Like, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I have to go through the cap sheets and cap holds, but mm-hmm. uh, looking around, you got the Orlando Magic have 14 on roster, um, the Cavs have 13, the Suns have 13, the T Wolves have 11. Mm-hmm. These are all teams that could totally just absorb this absorb a guy. Be happy to play, be happy to see if he's got a spot. Like the yeah. Heat are about to be in that uh, hard cap zone, so I don't think they can. Mm. Uh, Chicago Bulls, same deal. I don't know how they haven't hit the hard cap, honestly. But but I mean, Brad Stevens, along with just the the accumulation of talent, you mentioned you're not a big fan of the trade exceptions, but he's got three of them: one for seventeen million, one for seven million, and one for five million. So it's all things where if he ends up dumping a guy or two before the season starts, he's got lots of different ways to bring in more players throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this Celtics team, it's a weird look for me. I think they're going to be obviously a very good team. I don't necessarily see them in the upper echelon of the teams in the Eastern Conference right now. 
if I if I had to say, I see them more in that five to eight range of like they could get an at large bid. I oh, I have see, them at six. I have I them at six, seven, eight. Yeah, like I don't see them falling below a point where they're going to need to win two in the play-in to make the playoffs. I think there'll be a win one and you're in type situation. But as long as I don't see them taking over a team like the Bucks or the Nets, the Sixers are still weird for me just because we don't know what's happening with Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. But the the Bucks, Nets, Heat all seem like they're going to be going this year. So the Celtics I- team, when the playoffs roll around, they'll be very competitive because they can mm-hmm. give you a lot of different looks. But I don't think they'll be one of the better regular season teams, that's for sure. Do we want to quickly talk about the extensions sure. before we move on? Because uh, I agree with you. I think that they're a pretty mid-playoff mid, uh, mid, uh, mid playoff team. But I do think that if, if some stuff falls right, they're going to have a run. Yeah. I just want to quickly say the Marcus Smart extension, great. It carries him through the best years of his career. It's mm-hmm. not an overpay. It's the maximum he could get as an extension, which is why I think he signed it. Mm. It pretty much gets his value almost dead on. Yeah. Uh, he's got a trade kicker, which is nice because it means that he can't get traded. But if he does, he gets a big pay raise. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also can waive it if he's like, I want to leave. So it kind of, it's like almost a no trade clause. It's the closest you're going to get to a no trade clause without as a role mm-hmm. player, because obviously you don't give a role player a no trade clause. Yeah. Um, very, very fair value. Best value smart's going to get. Also makes it easier to trade him. He had his bird rights. I think he could have, I think he could have vetoed a trade. I, I get so confused on that one. I think the bird rights does. If you signed a bird rights deal, you get a no trade clause. Like it's just part of it. Yeah, I think it's only if it's the last year of the deal. I think I got I gotta mm. figure that out. Or no, if it's a, it's if it's a one year deal, that's what it is. Mm. So no, yeah, you wouldn't have had a no true. trade clause. But still, now he's got that fifteen percent trade kicker. That's awesome. He's gonna get mm. a shot. Uh, he got everything except for a player option. He's the heart and soul of this team. They needed him. Big yep. big win in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh. I talked about the they picked up Chris Dunn and Bruno Fernando. I really think that those guys are going to get moved because the Celtics are about four point seven million over the luxury tax. Mm. Uh, I don't imagine they want to pay the luxury tax when it's so easy to get away from it. Yeah, Chris like, Dunn's no, five million by himself. Like, Chris Dunn is five million by himself, and then you can keep Jabari Parker and Fernando. I could totally see Dunn getting d- j- dumped somewhere, mm-hmm. or they could like uh, one thing that I saw they could do. They could do a done for Kenrich Williams swap and then dumping Jabari Parker. Hmm. Again, put it put some under the tax. Or they I could see a uh, move of Dunn and Fernando for Juan Hernan Gomez Ooh. of the Memphis Grizzlies right now. I just I've been looking at all the Grizzlies have so many roster spots. All I'm so many people on roster. Mm-hmm. All I've been doing is trying to find trades for them. Yeah. But if you do like Dunn and Fernando for Gomez, Hernan Gomez wave Jabari Parker and then don't play Hernan Gomez enough that he hits his uh his incentives that I cannot find anywhere. I cannot find them anywhere. But if you don't let him hit his incentives, I think you wind up being like a hundred thousand over the over the luxury tax and like you mm-hmm. could just do a trade mid season to get that last little bit of money off, you know, trade mm-hmm. I don't know. Trade Carson Edwards and then sign a, a prorated min min or something. You okay. got options. You got options basically to get mm-hmm. under this tax. Um the Robert Williams extension, I, I, I do. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I'm still I mean, making my thoughts up. I like it personally. I think Robert Williams has a bright future in this league. I think he's shown a lot of his undervalue, undersized big, a lot of his value and being able to rim run and protect the paint as well as just gobble up rebounds. So I think five year, four years, 54, it's pretty spot on for me. I think by the end of it, we're going to see someone who some people are going to call him overpaid. Some people are going to call him underpaid. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be in a contract that's constantly just argued about, but pretty good value and very tradable. Yeah. Someone that I think is going to be very movable in the future because he cuts up to like at most 14 million, I think, on the last year. So it's something I'm, that I, I was doing be... the numbers and it's either going to be like 14, 2 or 15 for the last year, depending on how they want to structure it. Mm-hmm. Um, It won't be more than 15. Very tradable contract. I don't hate it, but. In the now, it's very expensive. It's a little bit of a, one of those where you're hoping that the last two years are going to be a deal, so you're okay eating the first two years that will not be. Mm. Because quite frankly, going into next season, I would rather have Daniel Tice or Noah's Noel. Like quite <laughs> frankly, like just to start the season, I would. I would. Yeah. Like I would also probably want Mitchell Robinson over him. Mm-hmm. But there's a chance that in two years, I would. There's a chance even that midway through next year. There's yeah. a chance that in six months, I would say I want Robert Williams more than Noel, more than Tice, more than anybody, more than anybody outside of the top 15 centers. And I have a list mm-hmm. of, of the top 20-ish centers in the league. I think I had Williams at like 18, 19, 20, like in that okay. range. In the, 
Williams was at the point where I'm like, I don't like doing this ranking anymore because I don't know where to put people. Because <laughs> it's like, what am I valuing? Like, how do you quantify Brooke Lopez versus Robert Williams versus Derlin's Noel versus like Yusuf Nurkic? Mm-hmm. Nurkic wound up way on top of those guys. But just to say, like, there's so many different skills at that level. Uh, once yeah. you get out of like the top 12 bigs, there's so many different skills, it's hard to put them up against each other. Mm-hmm. But there's a chance that Will- Williams can make that, the jump to being someone who's worth that, worth this deal. But there's a chance also that this is just an overpay for a rim running big who can rim protect. And I, I, does he, I don't know that he's amazing on the outside yet. He's better than most rim running bigs, but mm-hmm. he's not like better than Jared Allen on the outside. He's not yeah, he's like not as good as Jared Allen. He's not shifty out there yet. Mm-hmm. There's potential for him to be. If he puts that together, then this is an underpay. Mm-hmm. But we have to see where this all falls and. Right now, I'm like it's a it's a it's a it's a value it's a value bargain right now, you know. Yeah, no, I think it's a good deal for now, and we'll we'll see how it goes. But I like Robert Williams. I think he's gonna turn that into his game and at least be able to move around the mid range. I don't know if he'll ever get all the way outside, but as long as he's able to switch those pick and rolls effectively for the Celtics, mm-hmm. I think they'll be thrilled. If he can switch the pick and rolls, this is a steal. Yeah, uh, we're gonna take a two minute break. We will be back to talk about another team. All right, we're back. We just finished our talk on the Boston Celtics. And uh, really quickly, we wanted to send some love to Jackie McMullen. Mm. Big ups on uh, the retirement from ESPN. It has been an absolute pleasure reading your articles, listening to your appearances on The Jump, on the Bill Simmons podcast, on all the other ESPN programming. Truly mm. one of the greatest Celtics reporters of all time. One of the pioneering female reporters of uh, for the NBA. And one of the greatest, not only just female reporters, just but reporters. Reporters, in, like, reporters, journalists in general. I love everything she puts out. I love her bits. I love her stories on the old Celtics. I loved her story on Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. I just love Jackie McMullen. I'm a huge fan. And one of my favorite things is reading all the hate she gets and her just being amazing and not even caring. Her perseverance is awesome. Watching her mm-hmm. work through this, it's great. She's opened the door for so many more women to move into the into the report into the journalism side of the NBA mm-hmm. and that I think I do think that that is also how you get women into head coaching positions how you get women into the coaching into everything every other level of basketball it mm-hmm. starts with them being prominent figures on television and then it becomes them being the assistant on the bench that you don't even notice and then Becky Hammond's going to get hired for a head coaching job next summer mm-hmm. so big yeah. ups to Jack McMullen a true trailblazer uh, for our game, helping pushing our game forward. Mm-hmm. We love you, Jackie. Please keep Hard. killing it on the Bill Simmons podcast or whatever other podcasts or TV appearances you're doing. I love it. I love it so much. I love listening mm-hmm. to her stories, man. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be more happy to, to be appreciative of her 40 years that she put to the game. And just thank you for all your time. Enjoy retirement. Hope that you come back every once in a while to give us a few more guest appearances here and there. Yeah, please do not actually retire. Just retire from ESPN. Like, you know, <laughs> go go find, go have your fun. You know, Go have fun and like do podcasts from like, cancun or something you know yeah we can't have you quitting okay the world <laughs> we're not ready to lose you <laughs> um with, with with that love for jackie we're gonna move on to the toronto raptors um <laughs> the toronto raptors had an interesting offseason that might not be over yet they've still got mm. some moves that could happen they might yeah. ha- not make any moves we don't know yet mm. but so far they've signed and traded kyle lowry to the miami heat for goran Dragic and precious achua there's mm-hmm. a uh, there's a, a what's it called collusion <laughs> uh, whatever. There's some sort of uh, investigation going on against them, and it is so horse, so horse poop. I'm, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous because obviously, like, between this and the Lonzo Ball one, I'm like, obviously, these discussions happened during the season at the trade deadline. Yeah. Where they were just like, look, like this isn't this trade isn't gonna happen. Like, what if we do this in the off season? Like, how about you figure out if Kyle Lowry's interested on a deal like this, and if he is, we'll do a trade. At the mm-hmm. We'll do a trade in the offseason. And then, then Kyle Lowry was like, yeah, I'm interested in going to the Heat and making almost $30 million a year. And so the Heat were like, all right, we're going to go on Drogic in and we're going to trade Precious at Chua. And boom, that mm-hmm. was it. Like, yeah. there, there's no, like, that. that's it. Like That's all that needs to be done. <laughs> all that needs to be done. There's no easy, like, there's no collusion that needs, and even if mm-hmm. there was a little bit of collusion, like, I don't care. It was going to happen anyways. It was going to yeah. happen anyways. Like, it's the NBA, whatever. This is not the first, nor will it be the last, nor was it all, the only of this offseason deal that there was definitely something behind closed doors. It happens in every professional sports league. Just and, let it go. Yeah, <laughs> And it's like, oh, whatever. It, it's one of those things where it wouldn't have changed anything. Because if 
if there was no collusion, that Miami Heat just would have not opted. No, even if there was collusion, Miami would have probably opted in Goran Dragic and Precious Achua and tried to set up a sign and trade because the Raptors weren't going to lose him for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he's like a mid-level free agent that like, the, the, you know, and they knew to opt someone in so that they could do the sign and trade. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry was going to get paid yeah. and is the greatest Raptor of all time. They were going to do him right. If he said, send me somewhere and you could just send back expiring deals at a young player it was gonna happen like it's mm-hmm. ugh, i just i hate i i, I hate the uh owner that the, the gm that complained that um people have <laughs> totally called who it is and i'm not gonna say it on this podcast because i'm hoping for no a job need. but yeah. they've, they've no uh, need. it's a lot of people have said it's one specific gm and i'm like you know what like i they just dude like it's just part of the game at this point you know yeah Kupchak never Kupchak never complained <laughs> Kupchak never complained and then he signed Mozgov and uh Luol Deng to like 70 30 million dollars combined <laughs> whatever uh the, the Raptors also got after that Kyle Lowry trade uh the Raptors also got Scotty Barnes Delano Buju Banton mm-hmm. and David Johnson in the draft they signed Justin Champagne to a two-way immediately after the draft Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a few random non-guaranteed minimums in Sam Decker, Ishmael Wainwright, and Isaac Bonga yeah. for uh, kind of tryouts. Mm-hmm. They weighed most of their not-awesome contributors from last season. They signed Gary Trent to a 2-plus-1 deal at $52 million. Yeah. And they brought back Ken Birch on a 3-year, $20 million deal. They currently have 16 guys on roster. Mm. A few non-guaranteeds, but honestly, pretty awesome offseason, in my opinion. I mean... There was definitely things that I liked that the Raptors did this offseason. The the Kyle Lowry deal, like you mentioned at the top, was going to get done no matter what. And I think Precious Atria is one of the better young big men in the league right now. I think he brings something that the Raptors didn't really have in a big-bodied center. And I think he'll learn a lot from what Ken Birch can offer to him as being able to get into that mid-range a little more often and, and develop his outside mm-hmm. skills. So I'm happy to see that. But personally, I think the Raptors, Scotty Barnes is great. Delano Batson's great. But I'm I'm very confused as to where a lot of the scoring and the shooting is going to come from this roster, because I see I look around at, especially at the guard depth and with what, all that's gone out about Goran Dragic just not wanting to be in Toronto, and it's it bodes the question of just like well, so you got Freddie and Gary Trent Juniors are starting backcourt, Malachi Flynn is there, and then what? <laughs> you know, like hey, I <laughs> look, I don't know. I, Look, everyone is pretty low on this mm-hmm. on their offseason, but I really think Gary Trent could step up and be that number one scorer on this team. Mm. I that's my hot take. Him or OG. I think that's why I think that's why they weren't super worried. Because first they need someone to make that step. Like they yeah. need someone to make that step, or they need to know that they don't have that so they can start tearing everything apart. Mm-hmm. They need to start selling the. They need to be like, all right, do we have someone that can actually get a bucket, or do we need to start pulling the floorboards up and selling them? Yeah, the first thing I put in my notes for the Raptors when we started this episode was team is up for grabs. Who wants it? <laughs> I, I I do not think that that is where it is yet. Yet, mm. for me, what I'm think. I okay. Ah. We're gonna run through the deals first, and then all we'll right. talk about that. All right, all right. But I think people are low on this offseason for two reasons. It's either that they think that Jalen Suggs was way better than Scotty Barnes on the draft board, mm. or they have a very low grade on Gary Trent as a prospect. I had Scotty Barnes and Suggs on the same level, mm-hmm. and I think Gary Trent has three level scorer potential. Maybe not quite three level player. I don't mm. think he's. I don't know that he's going to have the playmaking chops to be the three level player, Golden Triangle, all that. But I think he could definitely be a three level scorer, and I think that is mm-hmm. very good for this roster right now. Okay. And I think his playmaking can improve. So do we want to start with Barnes or do we want to start with uh, with Trent? Well, well, tell me about Gary Trent because I definitely don't have the same opinion on him. I think he's a great shooter and I've seen him put the ball on the floor here and there, but I don't, I haven't seen the three-level score potential as much. So You got to watch some of those highlights from the end of last season. The dude mm-hmm. was getting everywhere, everywhere he wanted. When he showed up on the Raptors and that trade – Mm-hmm. He played like I think like twelve games. I think like they, the Raptors were like everyone is t- missing time. We're tanking, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Gary Trent went out there and was the best player on the Raptors every single game that he was there. I think he had forty in one game. Yeah, like let me he went off a couple times. I know that for sure. Like and he I... had one game where he had like, oh come on, where's I'm trying to get him up on Basketball Reference right now. <laughs> there was one like he had like a plus fifty in one game or something like that. He was just going crazy for this team. On top of, 
I feel like I'm the only one who remembered watching him in the bubble being better than CJ McCollum. <laughs> like, he was better than CJ McCollum. Like, no question. No question. Mm-hmm. He was better than CJ McCollum for multiple games in the NBA bubble. If mm-hmm. not the entire bubble. He was amazing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, looked like an all-star level player. I'm not saying that Gary Trent is going to be an all-star next year. But I do think that he could be a, a great scorer. He's not a, a bad defender. He tries hard on the defensive end. Yeah. At worst, he's a real 3 and D player. Mm-hmm. Like, better than Joe Harris on the defensive end. And a good scorer. Better than Davis Bertans, who's making $16 million. Yeah. Like... At worst, this is a good contract for a 3 and D player. Mm-hmm. At best, this is a great contract for your number one scorer. Yeah. But you know what you're going to know? Mm-hmm. You're going to know what he is by the end of this season. And mm-hmm. you're going to know, hey, maybe we should pick up Davis Bertans, D- Danny Avdia, and a first for him. Or mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe we keep him and have him run this team for two years and then give him a fat extension because he's our centerpiece. Mm. His dad played in Toronto too. He's not scared of the six. I, I, I the only thing that I don't like about this deal is the length. You're mm. paying less than twenty million dollars for a starter. For a starter, who, three and D guy, like Mikael Bridges is about to get twenty five. Yeah. Gary Trent is not worse than Mikael Bridges. No, he's a worse defender, mm-hmm. but he is such a better offensive player, much more advanced on the offensive side. The only thing I don't like about this deal is the length. Mm. I would have either preferred a straight three. Okay. Or or a three plus one, mm-hmm. or, or like if he wanted a four year deal and the Raptors didn't want to give it to him, you should have given him a three plus one. Absolutely. Because I just I, I I I'm like I don't I don't know I would have I don't get why having such a small deal is the point. Like you're not getting any of the value of this short deal. Paying him for two years, that's the one part I don't like is the length, especially mm-hmm. coupled with the fact that I really don't like the length for the Ken Birch deal. <laughs> you don't think Ken it gets three more good years in the league? I don't, it's not that I don't think Kem gets three more good years in the league. It's that I don't see his role on this team in three years. Mm. I like Kem. Yeah. I like Kem, but I, I would have given the third year as a non-guaranteed or a club option because you'd hope that one of Precious Achua, uh, Scotty Barnes, Justin mm. Champagny, or Delano Banton could step up and play the five in the closing minutes along, or with Chris Boucher, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. is this is this a signal that you think Boucher is gone? No, and, I mean, and if he is, if he is, you don't replace him with Ken Birch. That's not the replacement. Like, I don't know. It's just a weird deal to me because I think that like you you brought in a bunch of young guys that you'd hope would fill in that role as the big bruiser. Like I know Champagne's undersized, mm-hmm. but you'd hope he can use that strength. Wayne Wright, another guy, undersized but tough. Like a lot of these guys, you'd hope that they could be the main guys eating up minutes at the five. Yeah. Now you're paying Ken Birch for three years. Seven million is still a tradable contract. But that's still a contract, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely think that it's it's more than I was expecting Ken Birch to get. But I I think the deal is fair in its own right, and like you mentioned, very tradable. Yeah. I think he brings a lot of veteran presence to this big locker room without really any leadership right here. Like Chris Boucher, as much as we we rave about him, we love him. He had a very unorthodox path to the NBA. Hasn't had a lot of mentorship years behind other professional NBA players other than like one year with Marc Gasol, you know, so hey, he had one year behind Draymond mm-hmm. and one year behind Dre. So I'm not saying he can't do it, but precious someone who's been in the league one season was with Bam Adebayo, you know, like Freddie Gillespie is still on this roster. They're going to have him playing backup minutes as well. I think Ken Birch should come in at least give them just a veteran presence, a good eight to 12 minutes a night. And is it a bit of an overpay perhaps for now? But I think Masai is someone who's very confident in his ability to, to move contracts later on if he feels like he needs to. And and like you mentioned, it is true that Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi should probably want to take those minutes from Ken Birch. And that's part of my confusion about this offseason. It's just I see a lot of a lot of wing guards or wing forwards, wing bigs almost on this Toronto Raptors team, which I see the mold. And I understand the the Kawhi Leonard concept of just long guys who can defend and hopefully develop an outside game. But it seems when you pile up this many guys who sort of do the same thing to me, it gets very tough to run them effectively and with a lot of different minutes. Like there's some Raptors lineups that are going to go out there this year that I don't know who is playing where. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm 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 with you. I mean, but like part of that is going to be a lot of fun. Like I think I think you could run a lineup of like. Scotty Barnes, OG, Siakam, Champagny, and like Banton. Not literally, or um, Boucher. 
Mm-hmm. They not literally run that lineup, but like you could. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see something ridiculous like that on the floor. But like it's possible. Mm-hmm. They like these these because they all just defend hard and work their butts off. Yep. And at the end of the day, that's what you want. You just want guys that are going to go out there and work. Mm-hmm. They can defend everything. That's fine. Yes, you're gonna. You just need that. They're they're a team that again just needs that scorer. And if they didn't think that Suggs was going to step in and be that scorer, I get not drafting him. If mm-hmm. you think Trent is going to be that scorer, then again, I get drafting drafting Barnes. I I I mean, I just got get drafting Barnes in general. Yeah. No. I like, mean, yeah. I, 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 everyone knows that I'm incredibly high on, on Scotty Barnes. I won't shut up about him. I love him. Without a doubt, getting him fourth overall was highlight of their offseason. Mm-hmm. I know everyone wanted him to take Suggs. I, I have a friend who knows Jalen Suggs, and before the draft, I made a joke about how he's going to be the king of Canada. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he's not. He's the king of Orlando. He's the mm-hmm. king of Disney's. He's, he's the king of Disney it. World. <laughs> battling with Mickey over there. <laughs> but the Raptors took Scotty Barnes, and I, I really debated having Barnes at two on my board. Mm-hmm. I, I told you. I'm like, I think he, he might be two. Like, by the end, I think I had him over Suggs at that point. Like, I don't remember. Did I send you my last big board before the draft? I don't think so. But he was def- you at least definitely had them at the same level. Um, um, like, yeah. I was there. I was at that point. I was like, man, they are right mm-hmm. there. Like, I really have. Because, re- look, maybe. Maybe there's something that's armchair. Okay, look, I get the disappointment of not taking Jalen Suggs because Jalen Suggs was awesome. Watching him play was amazing. The stuff that I heard about him, awesome. I didn't hear any concerns. But we are not in the draft room. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole, we we don't get, we don't get, we did not get to show up to games three hours early and watch him shoot. We didn't get to meet him. We didn't get to talk to him every day. We didn't get to see what he does on his off days. We didn't get to hear. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's gonna get lost in the sauce clubbing. You know, like that's that's a real concern for a lot of players. Yep. A lot of player. When I talk to uh, when I talk to lots of, of high school of high school coaches, college coaches, one thing that they talk about is like we can't recruit certain players because we know they're gonna get lost. <laughs> like a lot of AAU, a lot of AAU coaches that yeah. are trying to send their kids to prep have to think about that. And they one one big pull of a lot of NEPSAC schools is it's not easy to get to a city from there. So they'll send certain players, depending on how worried they are, to different teams. Like mm-hmm. Vermont Academy is the middle of nowhere. I've I heard mm-hmm. about a certain player that was sent to Vermont Academy because they knew he would not be able to get into Boston from there. That like he's not gonna <laughs> be able to get to the city, he's not gonna be able to go go out and party. It's perfect. We'll keep him there. That's something yeah. you have to worry about. And then you know, you hope they mature in college, but not all of them do, whatever, whatever. Just to say there's there's concerns that we don't know about because we mm-hmm. are here in Canada. Yeah. Nothing is in Canada. I think the Raptors just announced they're going back to Canada like this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just a lot of stuff that we don't get to see by not being in the in the in in the trenches. Mm. Like the whole general populace had Suggs at two after the NCAA tournament, as yeah. did many prominent figures in NBA draft world, including us. Mm-hmm. I think my big board finished. My big board did finish with Suggs at two. Mm. My big board finished itself. I think yours was too, also, right? Yeah. You, uh, I've had him and Jalen Green at two and three for a while, just debating between them. I think I did put him at two after that shot, though, against UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> and look, we weren't the only ones. Pretty much so many people had him at number two. Mm-hmm. I, I some Bill Simmons tried to say he should go first overall after that shot. Um, Ridiculous. But hey, look, the Cavs and Rockets barely paid him any mind. Mm-hmm. Their selections were known about an hour after the draft lottery results came out. A lot of people are crucifying the Raptors for taking Barnes over Suggs, but two teams didn't even give him an opportunity. Like, maybe yeah. there is just something we missed. Mm-hmm. I, to add to it, honestly, like, if you think Scotty Barnes is going to be able to hit open shots and or will be able to get his athletic tools together, then I fully see why you take Scotty Barnes over, over Jalen Suggs. Like, he has legitimate DPOY upside if he doesn't improve his offense at all. <laughs> just his defense... Getting bigger, getting used to being in the NBA, he could win DPOY. He can already guard every position. We've seen it. Mm. If you can get both the shooting and the athleticism together, Barnes is a Bam or Anthony Davis level player. No yeah. question. If he can mm. hit open shots and he can get his athleticism together so he can jump over dudes, so he can finish a lot stronger, put on a little bit of muscle, get through people, that is literally, you're looking at like a hybrid of Bam and AD. You're looking at the middle, you're looking at another one of those just like a super elite. Top of the gear, 
hybrid posts in like the Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, Anthony Davis type level players. Mm-hmm. That's competing yearly for all NBA teams, maybe even a first team. Like that is worth every penny. That is worth the first fourth overall pick. Mm-hmm. No question in my mind. No yeah. question. If you see that, I get why you take take Scotty Barnes. Because mm-hmm. Jalen Suggs, I, I see him as someone who could make all NBA. Yeah. But I see Barnes as someone who will be all defense. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I see. And if you think he could go for DPO wise, that might be enough to take him over Suggs. If you think that he can get the offense enough to be more than a net negative, but a po- more than not a net negative, but an actual positive, mm-hmm. and the set shot looks good. Yep. It looks good. He just needs more reps, I think. Yeah. I get it, man. I get it. All I got to say is I get it. No, I mean, one of the things with this Raptors team, especially right now, is and with Masai signing what seems to be a, a lifetime-esque deal with the Raptors this offseason, is, is that they do seem very, very prepared to to see who they are and build for the future. And this is one of the things that this upcoming season, I don't think is going to be a great one for them. I think as much as as high as you are on Gary Trent Jr. And as much as he can come out there and pop for them, I think him and Freddie Van Vliet are, are going to be a great backcourt, but I think they will just struggle throughout the season at some point, especially if the score and Drajek situation doesn't get help dealt with. Like if he needs to get traded, then he they need to find someone for that. But I, for this Raptors team, I'm excited to watch them. Wait, 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 wait. Before we move on, before we move on, wait, wait, sorry. I'm sorry. There's so much, so many caveats I want to talk about. I know you're, you're doing a great job pacing us, but there's just so many things that I want to talk about. I'm really sorry. Before we move on to talking about the Raptors season, I want to talk about the random non-guaranteed deals and their other draft picks. Okay. Uh, I love the random non-guaranteed deals because they, dra- mm-hmm. they got a bunch of guys that are young. Yep. Decker, Bonga, Wainwright. They're all young guys. Mm-hmm. Decker was a first-round pick. Like Bonga looked, Bonga was a legitimate defensive stopper. Like Wainwright had been balling and like was balling in whatever league he was in. I can't remember what it is now. Yeah. If none of these deals pan out, they can all be waived for very little cost. Utah mm-hmm. Watanabe, Freddie Gillespie—they're also on those same kind of deals. They're all going to be fighting for roster spots. Yep. And all those dudes could be rotation players. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of taking a risk on guys that already were in the league for a bit, that were already playing professional ball. And yes, you might not be getting the upside of a rookie. But you're still getting a pretty good deal, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, the other and the other draft picks, I want to talk about them: Delano Banton, David Johnson, Justin Champagny, mm-hmm. all very high potential players, and all the kind of guys that the Raptors like. I mean, David Johnson is more of a scorer than the other guys. He's, he was considered a lottery talent before the season. Yeah, he, he was like the getting lottery. Left. People thought he was going to go top fourteen. Mm-hmm. That's always worth a shot in the second. Yeah, especially after a COVID year. Mm-hmm. Like you did not get a regular year, like I, I you know, to have someone fall like Sharif Cooper, like David Johnson. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you got to take him in the second. And Delano Banton, I mean, I, I hadn't watched much film on him. I've seen him a little bit, and I remember going to check the the Spo track before we were while I was writing my notes for this, and they have him listed at the point guard. And I was just like, well, I go to watch the film, and I was like, wait, is this the same Delano Banton that I remember watching before the draft? Because like this is, I don't believe this is a point guard. And he's like six nine, almost. He looks like just Scotty Barnes at a worse school, and so I I see the draft pick again. I see the potential there, and just what I wanted to highlight with you mentioned they have so many non guaranteed or cheap deals right now. Minimum guys they're taking flyers on, and I love it as well. I think it's a great chance for a lot of guys to show themselves and assert some value in the league. But all I would say is just it's a risky situation because we've named literally seven guys, well six guys because. David Johnson is going to be on a two-way, so he'll be with the 905 most likely. But that's six of their 15 dudes are either Delano Banton or those five guys who are on very could-get-cut contracts. So mm. you're looking at a situation where, yes, you hope that some of them go, and Yuta Watanabe looked very nice last season. Freddie Gillespie looked good for in parts. But now you're coming into another year, no longer a COVID year. Everyone's getting ready to go again. I think it's a, a, you're putting yourself in a spot where you're relying on a lot of guys who don't have a lot of experience to do significant things for you throughout the season. Yeah, and that's like why I'm at where I am with the Raptors season. Like, you could tell me anything, and I'll believe it honestly. You could tell me that they are a top three seed, that, and I'd be like, all right, sure, I believe it. You could also tell me they're a bottom three seed, and I'd be like, I'll believe it. Like, I think my range for them, I did ranges for where I expect them to land. Mm-hmm. I literally had in th- third to 15 in the East. That was my range for the for the for the for the for the Raptors. I was like, they could be absolutely amazing, or they could absolutely fall apart. And I'd just be like, okay, like. I was a little more harsh. I put eight to fifteen. No lie. 
eight? You don't think yeah. they could be better than New York? The Knicks? Yeah. Not this. I honestly don't think so. so I yeah. really think they could. I, I really think that but, they, I really think that on paper they could be, they're like just as good a team as New York. I think they could be better. If Gary Trent pans out. If Gary Trent or OG takes the next step, I think that they could totally be better than the Knicks. I don't think that they will. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they could. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be battling with like the Knicks, Hornets, Bulls there at the bottom end of the East fighting for playing spots, I think. Mm-hmm. It'll be close, but like, I, and then I go look at a Cavs, Magic, or Pistons roster. I'm like, if, if some of these guys really start popping off and the Raptors players aren't having the greatest season, they definitely could finish with the first overall pick going into next year, they which could. I don't think Masai would hate. They could, but also like part of me is like, look, they were in Tampa last year. Mm-hmm. They were in Tampa. They weren't in Toronto. They they were living in a hotel. There's like, you have to put that in on all their players that they didn't get yeah. a real season last year and they still were like doing well. They were like, were they, they were like, they were winning too many games. They mm-hmm. almost accidentally got the 10 seed yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. Like, they were in that eight to ten range for a while until Masai shut them down. Like we were, I was telling you, I'm like they could make the playoffs, and like I would totally take them to win a few play-in games and make the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. totally would take them over like the Pacers. And they then shut everyone down, and they lost all the games. And Paul <laughs> Watson went for thirty one night, and it was great. It was a great mm-hmm. time. But just to say, like this roster has such a flip in them because they might uh, pull in the uh, what do you call it, the Toronto, and that might help them a lot. But we need to move on. We need to move on. We are going way too long. Mm -hmm. Uh, This should be quicker. I want to quickly shout out my little brother Noah because we're going to his new hometown, Mm -hmm. Atlanta Hawks. They brought back John Collins on a five-year, $125 million deal. They brought Mm -hmm. back Lou Will, one-year, $5 million. Solomon Hill, one-year minimum. Gorgie Jang, one-year, $4 million. Mm -hmm. Uh, They added DeLon Wright for two non-rotation players. And they had a really good draft picking up Jalen Johnson at 20 and Sharif Cooper in the late second. Trey Young extension too. Oh yeah, Trey Young extension too. Thank you. Locking up Trey Young makes this this an A plus offseason no matter what. Um, and, and Nate McMillan on a four years. Less high on that one. More, <laughs> I, I would have. I actually, you know what? You have to do it. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's still like I don't know. I still want to see more from Coach Nate. I'm I'm very intrigued to see if he. I'm I've been lower on the last two pages. Frank Vogel, I was very low on when he got hired by the Lakers. <laughs> I was like, I watched him in Indiana, man. Paul George carried him. By six months in, I was like, dude, <laughs> dude. I think Frank Vogel genius. carried. I think Frank Vogel carried Paul George. Yeah, he was a defensive mastermind in Indiana. Dude's a genius. I think he got the most out of Paul George. I think he got he, Paul George almost won MVP under him. Mm-hmm. Um, almost beat LeBron. <laughs> crazy. So, and now Nate McMillan. I'm like, yeah, you know, I think he's a very limited coach. And now goes and leads his team to the conference finals. I'm like, maybe I'm just wrong about these Indiana coaches. <laughs> maybe the Indiana, maybe Indiana isn't isn't. Uh, I'm about to be. Am I about to be wrong about Rick Carlisle? We'll see. I mean, you think Nate Bjorkman's going somewhere? Hey, <laughs> where is he now? Like is he with the Raptors sauce. again? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. But it's really positive in this episode because I loved this off season. Mm-hmm. I uh, still think they should do a, a Jeremy Grant trade, but I just love this off season for the Hawks. Yeah. Uh, John Collins' deal is awesome. Trey Young yeah. extension, awesome. Just mm-hmm. that's your that's your that's your centerpieces right there. They're nearly a perfect pairing for each other. And as Collins' defense improves, I mm-hmm. think he'll become an even better fit next to Trey. He got much better at defending on the outside. If he can really get that going, he's he's so athletic. He's an all right rim protector just because of that. Mm-hmm. If he really keeps improving, he can unlock the potential of this team next to Trey Young. Just having a guy who can play make out of out of the short roll, who can jump over guys on the on the lob, who can hit open threes, who can put the ball on the floor a little bit. Mm. Amazing fit next to Trey Young. Amazing to lock them both up. That's a win. We could shut it down right there. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, uh, one of the guys that I know you were high on before the draft, AJ Lawson is on there in Exhibit 10 to Atlanta too recently. So he's got a chance to potentially be with them this season. But I, yeah, this is Atlanta Hawks offseason, man. They they brought back their guys for the most part on, that were on that magical run. They brought in a guy we've been advocating for get minutes somewhere, Gorgie Jang, for the last... How long have we been saying Corey Chang needs to be on a roster? Forever. And the I looked at this team last year. They looked the same. They brought in DeLon Wright. It's, it's a very, very good Atlanta Hawks squad, honestly. And if they can keep going the way they were going last year and their young players continue to improve a little bit, DeAndre Hunter comes back as a healthy season. Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish in the playoffs last year showed flashes of why he was the third best player in high school at, when he went to Duke. And Anyeka Kong was only going to continue to improve. Bogdanovich is an incredible shooter. Jalen Johnson was absolutely eating the summer league apart. So 
this Atlanta Hawks team, like I, I put in my notes, can they repeat their Cinderella run? I think they could be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference this year. I I would have to agree with you. I really think that they could be, especially like like they, they just did such a great job in the draft. Like on top mm-hmm. of just running it back. They got Lou Will, who won them two playoff games. I love yeah. Gorgie Jang until because 007 is going to be out. Onyeka Okongwu is missing the season at the start. Mm. I think Gorgie Jang is perfect for this because he's good enough that he's going to yeah. be a great backup big for you, but he's not so good that you can't like bench him. <laughs> you can't bench him. You can bench him. You can bench mm-hmm. him, and you can trade him somewhere. Mm-hmm. If so, you know, if if someone's looking to cut costs. Four million totally could could go get you. You could go trade that for something. I I have to look at the Atlanta cap sheet to know how close they are to the luxury tax. They're five million away from the luxury tax, so they could pick up a bigger deal with Gorgie Jang. They mm-hmm. pair him up with I don't know with with um whichever of Lou Will or Delon Wright falls out of the rotation. Um, mm. I I yeah yeah I think I Del- Delon it. Wright too his defense like, that he can provide mm. to Trey Young and Lou Will. Because that's the one thing that says a lot of Hawks team kind of lacks is a elite defensive guard. But I think DeLon Wright can do that for sure. And DeAndre Hunter showed a lot of flashes last season of just being an absolute dog on the perimeter. If he's if he's healthy, this team is going to be so much better. Like, like really, really, if there was no injuries, like for this mm-hmm. Atlanta Hawks team, they totally could have beaten the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. No, no offense to the Bucks. I mean, you know, you could say the same thing about them with Giannis, but mm-hmm. DeAndre Hunter is just so crucial to this team. Same thing for Trey Young, who got zazzled by a ref. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting to see how this, how the guard rotation shakes out between Young, Bogdanovich, Herder, Lou Will, Delon Wright. Those are all guys who are playing the one and two, really. Yeah. Maybe you could play the play Bogey or Herder at the three a little bit, but not for longer than a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting, especially if you have Hunter and Reddish, Reddish healthy. You want them on the wing. You want Gallo out there. You want you want Collins out there. You want uh, you want Capella at the five. It's. Mm-hmm. This team is just loaded with talent. Yeah. And then they drafted Jalen Johnson, who I think I was really scared of him as a prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's someone who I'm worried about getting lost in the sauce in Atlanta, but I'm also like, hey, this team hasn't figured it out. This team hasn't mm-hmm. figured out. It's a great system. Everyone loves each other. I think it'll help him a lot with not getting lost in the sauce. Mm-hmm. And if he figures out rim protecting a little bit, I think you could have him and Collins at the four and five and just run an insane athletic lineup. Of yeah. just like everyone can, everyone's athletic. Everyone can dribble. Everyone can play on play on the perimeter. Everyone can do, like mm-hmm. it, it could be insane. It, it yeah. could really just be insane. The potential of getting Jalen Johnson good. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Trey. Also... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 keep going. I was gonna say I think Trey Young is is one of those dudes who I mentioned it a little bit in the playoffs last year. But in terms of getting Jalen Johnson in their locker room and involved in the team and not getting lost, I think Trey Young is proving to the NBA that he's one of the best leadership mental guys that there is like Mm. to have in your locker room day in day out he keeps everybody in check he keeps everyone having fun and he keeps them wanting to hoop together that's something that's not that can't be overstated how valuable that is to an organization and to have young guys that can come in and provide that leadership for you so young it it definitely puts trey young ahead of a lot of guys and a lot of tier lists are going to be missing out on trey young this year yeah uh, yeah yeah shout out shout out shout out to that one tier list that we're both thinking of i can't believe i i Come on, uh, <laughs> come on, son, come on! I went back to read it. I need to send you that. It was just ridiculous, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Look, I love this this Atlanta Hawks team. I love yeah. what this did. I I I don't know that they'll be able to re- replicate their conference finals run unless they get really lucky with seeding, mm-hmm. which is possible because the Bucks wound up being a three seed and the Nets were the two seed. Yeah, I think if you get some luck like that, maybe I could honestly okay. I think I had the Hawks as their range was like three to six or something. Mm-hmm. I, I do think I should change it to one to six. I need to find, where's my, where's my sheet? Yeah. I have, I have my like... sheet somewhere. Um, <laughs> but I do think that they honestly could get the one seed, mm-hmm. but they also could get the six seed. And I'd be like, okay. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent. That's pretty much exactly what I had written for them. Is they, I think they're a top six team. I think they'll get an at large bid. I personally, I put them between, I put them between three and seven, just because I said if something goes crazy wrong, they end up as the seventh seed. They win one game, they're in the playoffs. But yeah. I don't know how they beat the Bucks or the Nets. But if either of those teams suffer some crazy injuries throughout the season, and this Hawks team doesn't, I think this team is pushing like mm-hmm. 50, 55 wins this season. They could get up to sixty if they, everyone stays mm-hmm. healthy and keeps going. 
I, I just found my sheet. I had them as one to eight, and I think it may. I, I you know, for <laughs> me, part part of the fear is they had the long playoff run in the shortened mm-hmm. off season, but none of them played Team USA. Nope. Versus Brooklyn, where you have KD on Team USA. Mm-hmm. And Milwaukee, where you have Middleton and Holiday, like mm-hmm. there's a chance this team could just be healthy enough to be the one seed. Yep, they had a short, they had a full off season the season before. This is their one shorter off season. A lot mm-hmm. of people are coming off of two shortened off seasons. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are coming off of playing international ball or playing something in the summer. They didn't mm-hmm. do any. None of them went out. None of them played ball in the summer. Nope. No, they had one short. They had one short off season. Gallo was at the Olympics for Italy. Oh yeah, Gallo was at the <laughs> Olympics. My bad, but. I do think that they're going to try to rely on him less this season than they did last season. Yeah. There's absolutely. a chance this is, you're right. There's a chance this is a 50 60 win team. There's a chance that this is a 40 win team. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that the shortened off season does hit them and that they don't win enough games and they fall apart. Like a lot of the teams that like the Lakers did, like the Nuggets, the Nuggets mm-hmm. physically fell apart. The Heat fell apart. The, mm-hmm. uh, the Celtics fell apart. All the conference finals team from the last shortened off season really struggled. Mm-hmm. I could see, I, I could see that happening to Atlanta or I could see Atlanta being the exception because they're so young. Mm-hmm. And they could take that jump, push forward, take the one seed. I think that would be their best way to get that that conference finals run again, and not have that playoff regression. Yeah, but I think no matter what, even if they're the, even if they stay the five seed, even if they mm-hmm. are the five seed again, and like you have, like you have Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly, Heat above them. Yeah, I think that they could stay the five seed and just have one more games. I think no matter, I think that they have they they're going to be closer to those top dogs this year. Yeah, if 100%. they don't fall apart. But I think mm-hmm. that they are going to be closer to the top dogs in terms of wins, even if their seeding is the same. Yeah. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be surprised if they are less than 50 wins this year. Like something will have to go- have gone very wrong, I think, for the Atlanta Hawks. I think 48 could be realistic. 49? That's, that's fair, I guess. Yeah, I was just... Uh, c- yeah. c- considering like the sixth seed in the East usually has like 40 wins, you know? like Yeah, but I think there's going to be better... There are better Eastern Conference teams than usual this year. Like a lot of these teams that are lower down in the East have tooled up to a certain degree i think they'll be winning more games it's, it's a very competitive brand of basketball i think this is going to be one of the better regular seasons we've seen in a long time in the nba i'm really excited for it i'm really excited for it we're gonna to have to do like a tier list at some point this is mm-hmm. this was great though this was this was really good and um yeah before we close it out i just want to say shout out the atlanta hawks going from a 2016 coach bud team number one in the east with like five starters who are nowhere to be found on this roster anywhere near close to it anymore and yet being very, very competitive. Not something and you see the Boston Celtics for picking up so many of those guys between Jeff Teague, Al Horford, uh, rumors of Paul Millsap, Dennis Schroeder. Bring mm-hmm. in Kyle Korver. I know he, I know you bring in Kyle Korver, man. I think he's coaching now. You bring him in as a coach. <laughs> I think he's coaching for the Nets though. Bring him in as a coach. I want, to, I want everyone in Boston. Uh, I want all of Budenholzer's guys in Boston. Um, ooh, and sneak preview. I, I may be visiting John in Boston this winter because I recently bought tickets to a the, an NBA Classic 75 game of a Warriors Celtics on the 17th of December at the TD Garden. I uh, had no idea about this, and I'm really excited now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, I am excited. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Wait, you said the 17th? 17th of December, like literally right around Christmas. That's right break, when my so finals done. My last final is the 18th. I'm not planning on doing anything until the 18th. Guess what? You're coming. We're, we're you're gonna there come up go. to Watertown, baby. There we go. We're we shipping go. up to Boston. <laughs> this has been the Vault Talk Podcast. We did it. We didn't. We didn't go forever. It was awesome. This was a great time. Chaz, always a great time recording with you. To all our our, our loyal listeners, please keep liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Even if you did it before, every time it helps. It gets us a little further. It helps us with the algorithms and stuff. And you know, I hate algorithms because they. I, I just want my quality up, my content up there. But mm-hmm. hey. We got to play the game. Help us any way you can. Follow us on Instagram at Ball Talk Official. Mm-hmm. Super big for us. Um, hoping to get uh, everything running up there again. We got a big interview coming next week. Ooh, you know, please keep back. tuning in. Please keep tuning in. Mm-hmm. We love you guys. And sorry for the delay. Thank you so much for tuning into Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. It's Ball Talk. It's raw talk, baby, 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 baby.